Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Welcome back to Small Business School. I'm your host, Stacey Millard, and today we're here with Dr. Noor. Noor, I am so excited. You joined us on the Small Business Club one day, and I was like, who is this woman? You're such a powerhouse. I am so excited for all the listeners to get to know you, uh, hear a little bit about your story and what you're up to. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Stacey, for that phenomenal introduction. It's such an honor to be here. I look up to you so much, so this is truly uh, my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Oh, likewise. Whenever we talk, I'm very humbled. Um, And I just am always very inspired. Also, I'm like, if this woman can do this, anybody like we all have the power within us. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story, and just let people fall in love with you the way that I did? Oh, Stacy, thank you so much. Um, I my story starts when I'm very young, five years old. I I was born in Bangladesh, a tiny little country um, on the east side of India. And I was very enamored and in love with my grandfather, who was um, an anesthesiologist. Um, My father had left us to start a better life for us in the States. So he was really my father figure. And ever since a very young age, I knew that I wanted to grow up and be a doctor just like him. So my entire educational trajectory is geared towards and accelerated towards medicine. So in middle school, I'm taking high school courses, high school, I'm done taking, uh, you know, AP college courses. So I'm 18 years old, I'm living in the Big Apple, about to start my college career, and again, on the track to medicine, when we get this phone call. Hello? Dada's died. My father says, we all have to move back to Bangladesh now. So all of a sudden, I'm uprooted from my life. Our family moves to Bangladesh. And I, because I had met all of my requirements, I'm able to start medical school, this accelerated program, really early. But I'm really lost and confused because I don't know the language. I can't eat the food. I'm struggling to communicate with my peers. Um, The only thing that really keeps me going at that time is my love and passion for medicine. So um, I'm doing really well in school. I'm the superstar surgeon and that drive really just keeps me going um, until I'm in the final year of my medical school and love is the last thing on my mind. So uh, a man that I met five years earlier uh, back in New York City, he connects with me and he really wants to to meet and hang out. Um, He comes and visits me in Bangladesh and I'm really not interested because I'm just focusing on my career. I'm just about to graduate, practice medicine, but we really hit it off and connect. Um, So we're having dinner at my house. He wants to spend time with me and he asked my father if we can go on a date. And my dad says, "Uh, yeah, sure, if you marry her. can I have some time to think about that? Sure, I'll give you 15 minutes. So that conversation happened on a Wednesday and two days later, we were married. So that happened way quickly, but that was about 11 years ago. We're happily married, have a three-year-old son. Um, But that 
pushed me in like a weird trajectory. So now all of a sudden I'm married, I'm practicing surgery in Bangladesh. My husband's living in New York. So two years go by and now it's time for us to be together again. So I moved from Bangladesh back to New York City to be with my husband. And the way it works for foreign doctors like myself, Stacey, is we don't have to go through medical school again, but we have to pass a series of licensing exams um, to be able to practice surgery in the States. Now, for me, the first of those series of licensing exams was a very big disconnect from the, the clinical practice that I was doing at the time. So I studied for two years and I really struggled with that. So I finally give the exam and the results are not what I expected. I missed it by one question and I can't practice medicine. And it was a very pivotal time in my life where I had lost all sense of professional identity. I never went to undergraduate school. I went straight to medical school. So I had no other experience and knowledge outside of medicine and surgery. In real life, I'm a highly trained and very you know, profound uh, general surgeon, but on paper, I just looked like a high school graduate. So no one was giving me any jobs. So I really needed a win at that time. So we decided to move down to Florida just for a fresh start and new opportunities. And that's when I was presented this um, opportunity for health insurance. And it was very, very foreign to me because they never taught this in medical school. In, in my home country in Bangladesh, there's no insurance system. It's pay per fee service. Um, so it was very foreign to me, but I just needed a win. I just needed to make something work for me. So I really just grabbed the opportunity by the horns and I dove in deep. And once I really started learning how to marry personal branding to what I do and share my gifts with the world on a, in a more authentic and public way, that's really when things started to take off for me. That's such a, an incredible story of perseverance. Can I ask, do you feel like you were just born with that? Is that some a skill that you built in yourself? How did you develop that to hang on through setbacks. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's ever a time where I wasn't like this. So I would definitely say that was innate and more natural. Um, definitely. I had great role models going growing up. My grandfather was a great one. My mother um, also perse perseverance, resilience. Those are, I think, some traits that I definitely acquired from her as well. So you said you have a son and this is purely a selfish question. Yeah. Do you teach him or speak to him in a certain way to develop that in him as well? I'm just curious. Yeah, um, I don't think I think about it, Stacy. But yeah, I definitely do. Like naturally, you know, um, everything that we do is very intentional and mindful. Um, so, for example, like like with money, you know, this, you might find this interesting. Like when I drop him off to daycare, I make him pay his daycare tuition, so he knows that you're not just going to school and coming back. Mommy and daddy work hard, and this costs money, and you are going to learn and pay for it. Um, so things like that, that we're very intentional about and we make sure that he understands what is happening, why it's happening, the reasoning behind it. And this is what you have to do one day when you're older as well. This is incredible. This is not where I thought I was going to take this interview, but I feel like I just need to dive into this because yeah. I do something very similar with my kids. I would also mm -hmm. say I grew up with like you can do anything you put your mind to. Not that my parents were very, um, they weren't motivating. They weren't like, you can do it. It was just yeah. like, you're going to get what you, what you put effort into. So either do or don't. And I guess I, you know, flipped the coin and went with, I'm going to put the effort in. Um, but with my kids, I often say to them, like, did the actions that you took get you the results you wanted? And if not, what would you do differently next time? Right. So like something very similar of like asking those questions and 
then tying that to entrepreneurship, it's like, I don't think I know of an entrepreneur who is defeated and doesn't try again. Like we always make those jokes of like, you know, like, oh, maybe I should go give up and get a job. And then the next day we're just like back at it. And I think that this perseverance, this level of perseverance is one of the highest skills required in entrepreneurship. I'll second that with like, you know, knowing when to cut your losses and pivot and change direction and all that kind of stuff. But that perseverance is so important. And in your story, you can see that switching from medicine to insurance, like that's not even in the same realm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit more about when you switched that path, what were some of the intentional actions that you look back that you could tie to your success in that area? What has led you to the most success in sales? Um, I would say, well, the initial mindset that I kept telling myself when I was, you know, doubtful or just very uncertain, because like you said, it's like, you know, healthcare and business and finance, like two completely dichotomous arenas with little to no overlap. I had no um, education and background and training in business accounting or finance. But when I, when those kind of thoughts came into my head, I would just tell myself like, this has to be easier than medical school in a third world country where I can't eat and I can't communicate. If I can excel in that environment, I'm now living in a first world country with all of these luxury amenities, like, you know, electricity and clean water. Those were like luxury, luxury to me. So I'm like, I can make it here. So that's kind of like what I would always compare myself to. Like, if I can do that, I can definitely do this. Um, And just telling myself that like you, the capability to, to, learn and understand is within you. It's not that you can't, it's not overcomable. You just don't have the knowledge and the skills to, but you can acquire in the knowledge and the skills to. So as long as you believe that you can learn it, you can do it. Forgive my interruption, but this is so important. If you have been here a while, you know that there are two things that I strongly believe you need in business to know. One is how to bring money in and the other is how to keep it. And sometimes I think that we get so lost in all of the different tactics of how we could or should bring money into our business that we get a little bit off the path. And I really feel called to introduce you to my friend, Lex Roman. She is an incredible, incredible, incredible marketer. She comes from this amazing background. If you haven't already caught her episode, you'll have to head back to it. However, she has a program called Growth Trackers, and it is so incredible. First of all, she guarantees results of the program, which I strongly believe in. But secondly, it is all about taking intentional action. If you're a service provider who doesn't know the next right steps, or you're doing maybe all the marketing things, and you don't know what's getting you results, you have got to meet Lex. Her program takes intentional action to find your people with the least amount of effort possible. So if you haven't already met Lex, go ahead, click into the show notes and get yourself in her world because I promise you, you will not regret it. So at the start of the episode, you dropped a little hint about like personal branding and learning that. Can you tell me like more specifically tactics? Like what are some things that you are, you started investing in learning in order to do sales well? Um, I think sale, like I had no like formal sales training, but the, the two skills that I would say has really helped me in scales is perseverance, which, which is what you had mentioned, really just yeah. not giving up and being really authentic and true to yourself. I think that quality about myself has led me to be successful in all of the different environments that I've 
thrived in, um, you know, growing up in New York City in that classic Im immigrant story, um, you know, surviving medical school in a third world country with very little resources, um, and then now reinventing myself in these career privates. These are like wildly different environments with different challenges, just persevering through all of that and knowing that I'm going to be myself regardless of how my environment changes, that has been really helpful. Um, and a tactic, I, I use um, social media a lot for sales and business. And I think to myself all the time that I would have done this anyway. Um, I, you know, whether I had a business or not, I would have shown up on social media. I would have been be taking pictures. I would be posting pictures. I would do that anyway. So again, bringing back that thread of authenticity and identifying like, you know, you want to use socials for business, but where do you, where are you hanging out anyway? So for example, I'm not very comfortable on TikTok or Snapchat. So I wouldn't go attempting to build an audience or customer base on those platforms because that's too difficult for me. It's not authentic to me, but I'm scrolling on, on Instagram anyways for my personal leisure. Um, so showing up on Instagram makes a lot of sense to me because I would be doing that anyway. This is so good because I, obviously I have a lot of experts on the show and yeah. some of them are in social media and a lot of them are in like the bigger header of marketing. And I think sometimes that um, it is really important to listen to the experts. And then a also a lot of the time, it's really important to listen to ourselves. Like you're saying, like, where would you show up anyways? And it's funny because there's a level of like, I just don't know it yet. I need to figure it out. I maybe need to like, I don't know how to do a reel. I got to go YouTube how to, yeah. you know, put together a reel on Instagram that, you know, is holding me back versus like, I really don't like this place. I, this isn't where I'd show up. These aren't my people. And like, this isn't for me. And I love how you say like, that you kind of looked at like, what would I do anyways? And then connected with people. The other thing I want to ask is you seem to have this like desire in you to help, whether it was medical school or now with insurance. Would you say that one of your biggest success factors is really just like believing in the insurance products that you're selling and then being able to talk genuinely about that? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and I think that goes across all sales. Like you, you should not be selling something that you're not absolutely in love with. Um, because that authenticity is going to bleed through and show through anyways. So when I show up talking about insurance, I'm excited as hell. And usually nobody else is on the other line. But if you're not excited and I'm not excited, we're not going to make it anywhere. Um, but if you're confused and lost, but I'm happy and excited, that confidence that you get from me is like, oh, not only does she know what she's talking about, she's actually excited about this health insurance plan. That must mean it's really good. I want that. Oh, it's so good. I just watch so many business owners that are like scared to sell. And sometimes I'm like, well, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> like your business is here to provide something. And if you don't believe in it, then why did you take a leap on it? Yeah. Right? Like you almost want to ask that tough question of like, if you're scared to tell people that you have something that they might want, then why, why are you selling it in the first place? Yeah. And um, everything is sales, Stacey, right? There's not, there's not yeah. a single thing in this world that it's it's not selling. Like even in healthcare, right? Pri private practice, you have to sell your practice to get patients to come to you and and, it, and run the business, right? What is a doctor without any patients? Um, yeah, that's actually really interesting how you say that. And even I'm thinking like a job interview, like you're mm -hmm. selling your skill set. Mm -hmm. Like there is not a single thing in life that we do where we don't have to, to perform better, at least tell a, a little bit about what we've done. 
yeah. and where we've been and the knowledge that we have. So I love that that perspective. Thank you for bringing that up. Now, through all of this, you have you you've done these incredible things. You've connected with people. Tell us a little bit about the community that you're creating because you've got this great mindset. It's super infectious. And now you want to share it with others. Yes, totally. So um, in my health insurance practice, um, I love working with female founders. So I'm on these, you know, calls, these consultation calls, these sales calls, where I'm talking to these incredible women and they all have this like quiet fortitude about them where, you know, we're talking about insurance, of course, but I'm also getting to know them on a deeper level. They're talking about their businesses, their families, where they are. And it, it all seems so like effortless and seamless that they're, they're achieving all of these great things while like changing their baby's diapers. And they're all very quiet about it. And, you know, in my mind, like the connector in me thought, well, um, if Stacy in New York City were to meet Amanda in California, like their businesses could really supercharge and boom, but how do I connect them? How do I put them together? Um, and I thought again about like, what conversations do I love to have? Like my sales calls don't feel like um, sales calls. They feel like conversations where we're connecting over shared values. So then I threaded in kind of like how deep and meaningful a relationship can be when your values are shared. Um, so that's what I thought about um, creating Think Like a Woman, uh, which is where I host these highly curated, very intimate roundtable business networking events where I bring together these women. And it's not just like, putting together, putting, you know, people together in a room and just, you know, let the magic happen. But there's a high degree of intentional design here where there's connecting over shared values, where someone at the table has an active solution to a problem that you have right now. Um, and it's been really magical. It's, it's, it's really feels like magic. I love how you, um, Oh my gosh. Well, I love so many things, but I love how you talk about the quiet power and women because we were talking about sales and I'm connecting the dots between, you know, we think it needs to be loud and some of the people that perform best, it's like this quiet level of quiet, right? It's just very intentional. Um, and I'm loving how you're talking about like bringing these people together. Does that stem from like success that you had and you relating your success to communities that were created for you? I, I think this is a personal thing for me where I get really lit up when I can connect people and bring them together. And I noticed like, like, you know, I've done this naturally my whole life. And sometimes it wasn't, it was like, nobody asked you, you know, but I just do it so naturally. It's like, oh, you should talk to this person and you should talk to that person. Um, it's just something that really lights me up and brings me joy is connecting people together. That's so cool. I was thinking back one of the very first like, um, I'll call it like education pieces I did in my business was mm -hmm. taking Brendan Burchard's like high performance mm -hmm. habits. Mm -hmm. And one of the habits that he says based on a ton of research, um, that really leads to happiness is mm -hmm. being able to help people right? Mm -hmm. Being of service. So I could see that so much in you yeah. where you're like, I just want to connect these people and I yeah. want to serve them. And, you know, I want to treat them medically or I want like all these things and, and having that. Do you intentionally ask yourself every day, um, you know, who can I connect or how can I help people? Or is that just something that's innate in you? It's so innate. It's so natural. I don't think about that. But service is definitely, it's one of my top three values. Um, and I think a lot of it is a cultural background that I come from. Um, this is weird, but I actually don't 
love tipping in restaurants because the culture that I come from, like service is is just like basic. It's it's like a basic right. And we it's reciprocal too. Um, you know, hospitality and service is like deeply ingrained in our culture. So when someone comes to our home, we're feeding them, we're giving them gifts. Like that's just a normal thing to do. Um, so when I go to a restaurant, I, I feel like, well, why should I tip you? Because, you know, this is supposed, you're supposed to do this. Uh, and I kind of thread that through all of my, businesses and personal life as well. There's a high degree of concierge service, this white glove service where I want to treat you, I want to serve you to to even above the average level to make you feel loved and special. And I do that for all of my businesses. Oh, I just love that. Um, I also have like the service gene in me where it's like, that is, that is my purpose. So I can really relate to that. So can I ask you where, so you've got these really curated events. What are, what are your plans for the future? Like, what can we expect out of think like a woman? Cause I saw that you came back from this event and you're all lit up. Like what else can we expect? Yeah, so um, I have the lineup for all of the events for 2023, 2024. So I've got one coming up in Miami. Um, Next year, the lineup is in in Tampa, Austin, Nashville, Philadelphia, and LA. Um, Because these events are so intimate and curated, the tables have themes. So for example, the Miami table, the theme is scaling. So we're looking for scaling professionals such as um, ads managers, social media managers, um, trademark attorneys, um, things like that. Um, the Tampa table event is entertainment and media. So looking for, you know, PR professionals. So I would say if you have um, an interest to be a part of like something that's really a really tight knit cohort, because you continue your relationship with that brunch community, even after the fact. So we have a private Slack community where, you know, brainstorming and there's focus group opportunities, networking opportunities. Um, I would definitely encourage you guys to fill out an application just if there's a, a table that you're interested in or even just a general application and I can reach out when a table is available. Because the seats are so limited, there's more demand than I can fill. So I encourage that. Um, and I also have um, a shop full of products that are really aligned with this lifestyle. Um, so definitely check that out as well. So I've got a cute little mug that says fueled by ambition and caffeine. I've got pouches, yoga mats. So uh, I had a lot of fun with that. Oh, that's so fun. Um, can I ask you, you sound like you've like really hit your stride. Is there ever a plan to go back to medicine? That's a great question. Um, I miss it all the time. I'm very honest when I get asked this question because I do feel like I was born for clinical medicine and that failure put me on a path, on this path where I'm very happy and I'm very fulfilled and I'm very successful. But I think that's because I would be happy and fulfilled and successful in anything. You know what I mean? That's just my personality. I've just made the best of the hand, of the hand that I was dealt. So I do miss clinical medicine, but my window of opportunity for practicing in the States has closed. I still do keep an um, active license and registration back home. So I do voluntary surgical work and I can go back in other countries and practice, just not in the States. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I think it's so interesting, like how our stories can evolve and change and sometimes the le- the thing we would least expect like an industry that you didn't even know existed yeah comes out of nowhere and leads to a sense of fulfillment so yeah. I absolutely love that okay if you had one last piece or you know maybe two because you drop so much wisdom and every time you speak if you had a couple last pieces of things that you'd love to just share with everybody that if you could shout it from the rooftops every everybody would have to listen what would those be 
Um, I think I'm going to tie it back to perseverance, that quality that you mentioned. I think that is literally the only difference between success and failure is whether you stop or whether you keep going. Because if you keep going, if you persevere, if you get back up on that horse, you are guaranteed to be successful. It's just inevitable. It's just a matter of time. But if you stop and you quit, that's the only thing that's standing in your way. So just keep going and don't give up ever. Don't quit no matter what. Okay, I have a follow up question. Because with perseverance, sometimes I watch business owners and they almost persevere. But it's like, they're just so in the moment, like do, 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 do onto the next thing like this isn't working. And they maybe aren't picking their heads up to see what's what they should be working on. Or there's like a million things on the list and you don't know. Mm -hmm. How is it that you know when to kind of quit and pivot? Mm -hmm. And also, how do you pick your next right move? Yeah, Um, I struggle with this, too. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm perfect. I I struggle with prioritizing. I, you know, when I have multiple businesses, I struggle with like, you know, what to work on, which next when I'm really in a rut and I just don't have the answers. A few things that really helps me is to physically remove myself from that space. So if I'm working at my desk and I'm stuck, I'm going to get out of my normal office environments, maybe work out of a co-working space, a coffee shop, just where I can have a different perspective, um, you know, in a creative space and just get some inspiration that I'm not seeing the solution in my normal spaces. So that's physical change in environment. Um, And also recently I just did like a a solo vacation for the first time in my life um, to London and Paris. And as a, a mom of a toddler, it seems like, crazy to do to me it seemed crazy but it was the best thing that i have ever i could have ever done for myself and i came back so energized um and i think what the lesson that i learned here is that you we we need to do more things that don't deplete our energy don't make us exhausted but really just charge us up and you know replenish that energy and that sometimes means stepping away from your routine identifying what are the things that really light you up spending more intentional time doing those things um and just bringing awareness to the things that make you happy and doing more of those things i love that i love that thank you so much for adding that perspective I really appreciate your time. So full of wisdom. Where can everybody find out more about the brunches and where can they follow you? Yeah, fantastic. So for um, any health insurance related questions, you can um, find me at drnorhealth.com, D-R-N-O-O-R-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. I'm also very active on social media on Instagram. So you can find me at dr.norhealth. Um, that's for the health insurance stuff. Uh, for Think Like a Woman, you can go to thinklikeawoman.co or think.likeawoman on socials. There you're going to find an application where you can, if you're interested in learning more about the brunch or just curious, definitely get on that list, that um, uh, application and wait list and you know, might see you at a table one day. Wow. Thank you so much, Nor, for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for pouring into the community and just really appreciate you. Thank you, Stacey. I love this opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend. 
because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know, you want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.